you're seeking biblical wisdom and understanding in these difficult and trying times, and you recognize the power of God's Word to delve deep into the issues of the heart, then welcome to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney, husband, father, counselor, author, and teacher. Join us for Christ-centered, gospel-driven truth concerning our individual, marital, and parenting struggles. This is Biblical Counseling Today. It's almost hard to remember that there was a time when teenagers had to work really hard to acquire pornographic materials. Magazines used to be the main dispenser of porn, and they were often hidden or locked up, and there was no such thing as cable TV. Well, this is clearly not the case anymore. The evolution of porn mainly found in magazines, then on televisions and computers, and then on our personal smartphones is both astounding and depressing. Accessibility to this sinful drug of the mind, emotions, and heart is only increasing while cultural condemnation is correspondingly decreasing. We have yet to see the full impact of pornography on the last couple of generations as they emerge into adulthood. In many ways, our teenagers are growing up in a pornographic world, with the traditional virtues of chastity and purity quickly falling by the wayside. Christian teens are not immune to the problem, with many exposed to porn even in childhood. For the foreseeable future, pornography use and addiction will be high on the list of teenage problems. In one sense, the use of pornography is a pretty straightforward problem. Teenagers who are viewing pornography need to stop viewing pornography. If only it was that easy and uncomplicated. While there are numerous types of pornography ranging on a scale from soft to hardcore, they all share the common goal of arousing erotic and sexual thoughts and desires in the viewer. From pictures to videos and from voyeuristic to interactive, pornography is dispensed in almost all forms of media today. Historically thought of as primarily a male problem, there is more and more pornographic material targeting young women as well. The bottom line is, whatever the type of pornography being viewed, there are a couple of basic problems that require our attention. First, regular porn use. While it's unrealistic to think that our teens will never be exposed to any sort of pornography, it becomes a problem when they actively seek it out. Whether it's the choice of movies, social media, written materials, or internet videos, any use of pornography is sinful and destructive. Even if the porn use is erratic rather than routine, moderate use is not acceptable. Porn should be thought of as a poisonous drug that is harmful in a singular use as well as because it can easily become a life-dominating addiction. So that's the second problem we have to deal with today, porn addiction. Even teenagers can get to a place where their use of porn controls them. Just like all other addictions, bondage to pornography is a spiritual and a brain-based problem impacting body and soul. A porn addiction will impact relationships and create other mental, emotional, and spiritual problems as well. The teen who is addicted to pornography will often feel that it is a problem that cannot be solved. So let's dig down deep into the heart of this very pervasive problem, the problem of teenagers and pornography. 
The etymology of the word pornography speaks volumes of its danger. The first part of the term porne originates from the Greek for prostitute or harlot. And the word graph is the term for writing. So pornography is literally the writing of prostitutes. With that word origin, we understand why certain romance novels should also be considered pornographic, along with all erotic images and videos. Just as the prostitute sells herself for the pleasure of the purchaser, pornography is marketed to our teenagers for their personal sexual pleasure. While current technology may convince us that porn is only a modern problem, these sinful heart issues have been with us from the beginning of time. There have always been prostitutes and their writings, and there have always been sinful human beings who make use of them. Thus, we need to help our teens struggling with this viral problem by remaining grounded in God's Word in order to get to the real heart of the problem. So the starting point in any effort to help our teenagers ensnared by pornography is recognizing that God created them as sexual beings. They are naturally attracted to members of the other sex and have an increasing desire for sexual pleasure. These impulses are not some sort of animal desires and not wholly sinful either. So it should not surprise us when teenagers are tempted to view pornography. Just as they are more interested in relationships with the other sex, there is a corresponding fascination with their bodies as well. Where the world tends to chalk it all up to raging hormones, we must not lose sight that it is part of God's created order. Without sexual desire, there would be a, a lack of interest in marriage and family life. Therefore, a biblical approach to the battle against pornography includes the affirmation of our God-given sexuality. Without that, teens who are struggling with porn may only feel shame and disgust for sexuality in general, instead of for the sinful distortion of God's design for sex. As will be discussed further in another podcast, our teen's sexual desire must be controlled in order to prevent the problem of premarital sex. They need to learn to restrain their sexuality, committed to a biblical definition of marriage and sexual expression. So when our Christian teens seek to be faithful to God's way for their sexuality, that must also extend to their rejection of pornography as well. Unfortunately, Satan can tempt our teens to believe that viewing porn is somehow a safe way of taking care of sexual desire in order to avoid real sexual sin with the other sex. This is a patently false lie but one that is easy to embrace as a rationalization for this secret sin. We must not allow the use of porn in the lives of our teens to ever be seen as a better alternative to premarital sex. Not only may it open the door to further sexual sin, it is sinful all on its own. It is an unrighteous way for teens to deal with normal sexual desires, even though it seems safer. So as difficult as it may be, you must see your teenager as a sexual being. That includes Freddie, a 13-year-old who has inadvertently seen some pornography on the school computer. While he may just be a child in many ways, Freddie can easily be intrigued enough to begin seeking ways to find more porn, especially if he doesn't tell anyone about his temptations. 
This means that our teenagers need more conversations about biblical sexuality when they are children, especially now that pornography is so easily accessible. Our instruction needs to be much more robust than simply telling them to stop looking at porn. Yet a right view of the sexuality of our teens also recognizes their emotional, cognitive, and spiritual immaturity. In many ways, our teenagers are still children, lacking the maturity to rightly control their sexual impulses. They do need our protection from themselves as they grow into their own bodies and into a biblical understanding of sexuality. Next, let's think about the impact of fantasy versus reality. Pornography is not just perpetuated by a sinful appeal to normal sexual desires, but it also flourishes as an escape from reality. The human body does not look as good in reality as it does airbrushed or photoshopped for a magazine or video. Sexual intercourse scenes choreographed in pornographic movies or video clips are also totally unrealistic. The reality of pornography is that it makes the body and sexual experience appear better than they are. Certainly, God has created marvelous bodies, and sex between a man and a woman is a beautiful thing as well. But much like the marketing of any product, pornography takes real beauty to the distorted level of the impossible to sell more of it to its consumers. So our teens need to understand that they are gaining an unrealistic view of people and sex when viewing pornography. This is not what marriage will be like or any future relationship with anyone, even if they foolishly married a porn star. Because viewing pornography is a voyeuristic activity, it is nothing but pure fantasy. With that understanding, the question must be asked, why is the teenager escaping into fantasy in the first place? What is it about reality that is being avoided? Obviously, as has been already said, fantasy appears to be much better than reality. Yet that too is just an illusion. The joy of marital fidelity as well as the ability to touch and relate to a human being other than just look from a distance is beyond compare. So the plunge into pornographic fantasy may simply be a desire to be sexually involved with a person when it is not yet God's providential timing. At the same time, it may also reveal that the teenager is avoiding real relationships, real decisions, and real activities. Pornography offers a place of escape, a, a way to sinfully engage imaginations that seems to have no penalty involved. Rescuing our teens from the land of fantasy is a big part of solving the porn problem. We must keep them grounded in the real life that God has created for them, even when that reality is difficult or frustrating. Then there's the distortion of beauty that must be dealt with. Just as God has created us to be sexual beings, human beings are also lovers of beauty. Think of Bible personalities like Sarah, Rachel, Esther, Delilah, Bathsheba, all described as being beautiful in the eyes of man. Male and female bodies at their best are glorious to behold, creating a desire to gaze upon them. Unfortunately, that external beauty and our inclination towards a materialistic worldview can tempt us to see people only as bodies. 
that leads us to not only obsess over bodies, but to also focus only on certain desirable body parts as well. If your teen's sense of beauty is only connected to the physical, then pornography will be that much more of interest to him or her. Since men are typically more visually oriented when it comes to beauty, it is easy to end up focusing only on the body. As long as people put their bodies on display for others to watch in a sexual manner, it continues to promote a body-centric view of beauty. This is a distortion of the true beauty of God's creation. So Christian teens need to be challenged to reorient their view of human beauty. They need to heed the instruction found in 1 Peter 3, verses 3 and 4, where Peter writes, Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. In our highly charged pornographic world, is it even feasible to recapture a proper definition of beauty as it is connected to sexuality? Rather than finding the seductress appealing, our teens should be longing for the person who has a gentle and quiet spirit. Instead of wanting to only gaze at exposed body parts, we want our teens to see beauty in relationship to the whole person. When true body-soul beauty is desired, then the ugliness of vacuous body-only pornography will be rejected. We need to point our teenagers to engage in what is truly beautiful in God's eyes. Here's another important principle. The problem of twisted relationships and intimacy. Relationships between young men and women are hard enough without the addition of a pornography problem. Teenage boys who are regularly viewing pornography cannot help but have a distorted view of teenage girls, and vice versa. Sexual activity would become more desired as well as pressure to see nakedness that should be covered up. The increase of teenage girls viewing pornography makes this even more complicated. Evie, a 16-year-old who regularly watched pornographic video clips, has started to send nude pictures of herself to teenage guys she wants to date. How does this new sexting practice impact dating relationships during the teenage years? Our teens who claim to want to follow Christ have to be shown how porn changes the way we handle our male-female relationships. Even if there is no sexual intimacy, a true godly relationship will be elusive where pornography is involved. The focus will be on the physical rather than emotional, mental, and spiritual intimacy. As much as the use of pornography impacts present girl-guy relationships, how much more is future intimacy adversely affected? A severe porn addiction may keep a person from ever entering into real intimacy that can only be found in marriage. And for the many teens who will get married one day, the influence of pornography will almost certainly make its way into the marital bed. Sexual intercourse may be disappointing, not living up to the fantasy-based expectations that were developed during the teen years. The sexual desire of a spouse will never look the way a porn star's sinful appetite does. So a teen must be challenged to recognize the harm he or she is doing to a potential future marriage. 
Too many teens expect marriage to quench the desire for pornography, which is typically not the case. Abstaining from the use of porn is a commitment to present purity in relationships as well as a future purity in marriage. It is a sad reality that even our teenagers can become addicted to pornography. In days past, the difficulty in accessing porn kept many teens from being in bondage to it. Since teens and even children can now view a tremendous amount of even the most hardcore of porn quite easily, it stands to reason that addiction is becoming an ever-worsening problem. Doug, a 15-year-old, has already been looking at pornographic images, videos, and websites for years. What was once an every-few-months issue is now becoming a daily habit. Even though he is convicted by the Holy Spirit, Doug has seemingly lost the battle at this point. That's the power of sin in a heart that is prone to being controlled by idols. Pornography has a unique power to make itself dominate the heart and mind's desire as it abuses our pleasures and affections. It is also a progressive sort of addiction, luring its captives into more extreme and extensive forms of pornography. Our teens must not take for granted the satanic strength of porn that will become harder to resist as the bondage sets in. Breaking the power of addiction begins with true conversion. If a teen is not a Christian, then bondage to sin, in this case the addiction to pornography, is natural and normal due to our sinful natures. But if a teen is a Christian, then he or she is a new creation and has the indwelling of the Spirit in order to break the power of sin. As was discussed in our podcast on drug and alcohol addiction, there are many more biblical principles that would be helpful to apply to an addiction to pornography. The teen needs to see that it is a spiritual and a brain-based problem at the same time. He or she must also learn about how it is a disordered worship. As with any addiction, porn improperly becomes the center hub of life, dominating activities, relationships, choices, etc. The good news for teens like Doug is that he doesn't have to live in despair. As a teenager, the addiction is still in its infancy, relatively speaking. More importantly, God is faithful and powerful to smash our idols and give strength to be victorious over sinful desires. For the addicted teen, a big part of the counseling process must be accountability and relationship and a commitment to fight. Well, another important aspect of this issue is the dual problem of boredom and loneliness. For many of our teens, how much of their porn addiction is connected to simple boredom? Hopefully you recognize that boredom is first a spiritual problem. It is truly a discontentedness of soul that rejects all of the good and positive activities that God has given us. So the answer to boredom in our teens is never simply to look for more things to keep them busy. Even those activities will potentially become boring when a heart attitude is apathetic. On the other hand, there is no doubt that too many of our teens have way too much time on their hands. Giving them an overabundance of free time without productive work and study is also a recipe for boredom. 
So it is essential to get a full accounting of how your teen is using his or her time on a regular basis. What activities should be added that would be healthy for your teen? At the same time, how must the teenager recognize the dissatisfaction that is present in his or her heart? We need to address the problem of boredom and seek biblical solutions. A close associate that often fuels both boredom and porn use is loneliness. Yet again, this is first a spiritual problem, not just a relational one. A teen certainly may be devoid of relationships and existing very much alone in this life. But what makes loneliness primarily a spiritual issue is that it is often associated with a passive view of life. I'm lonely because no one will befriend me. I'm lonely because no one likes me. Even though a lonely teen may think he or she is actively seeking friendships and relationships, this is not typically the case. Insecurity and anxiety of the heart is often present in our disconnected teens. So again, pornography fills that loneliness void, even if it is pure fantasy and devoid of real relationship. Look for why a teen is lonely and what can be done to deal with this problem, spiritually and relationally. Solving the problem of loneliness begins with intimacy with Christ, not with another person. As hard as it is for our teens to be alone, they must be encouraged to seek fulfillment in Christ not in pornography, which only produces more isolation. Ultimately, the problem of pornography is best understood as self-centered lust. As our sexuality is designed to be activated in marriage, it is also supposed to be expressed within the context of love. In other words, while sexual activity does bring a personal pleasure, It is intended by God to be used to show love to another person. That's why the Apostle Paul speaks of our bodies belonging to our spouses in marriage, to seek to bring the other person pleasure, not just ourselves. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 3 through 5. Unfortunately, the use of pornography is typically a solitary activity used to bring self-focused sexual pleasure. And it is built on the lust of the flesh, not a godly love for another person. Therefore, even if it's obvious, our teens who struggle with pornography need to recognize how self-centered they are being. What you will also find is that your teenager is probably abundantly self-focused in many other areas of life as well. In one sense, pornography belongs on the list of self-problems since it is just a self-indulgent practice. It also can powerfully shape the teen's view of self, their identity, introducing shame that is difficult to overcome. Another aspect of the problem of pornography that must not be ignored is its connection to masturbation. While a teenager may be struggling with masturbation without also viewing pornography, it is virtually impossible to have a porn problem without a corresponding persistent habit of masturbation. Needless to say, it is the sole intention of the purveyors of pornography to use it to bring a person to sexual climax. So while it may be uncomfortable to talk with your teenager about masturbation, he or she needs to hear from you on the subject. While the world may see it as a normal and even healthy activity in the life of our teens, 
It must be recognized as the sinful self-pleasuring that it is. God clearly intends for the coming to orgasm to be part of our sexual intimacy with our spouse, not for our solitary pleasure. The problems of masturbation and pornography fuel each other and thus must be defeated together. The heart's desire to satisfy self through masturbation is by definition a lust-filled activity. It is part of the sinful nature that must be killed off by the grace of God. Well, the problem of pornography is another good candidate for the put-off, put-on process of biblical change that we find illustrated in Ephesians chapter 4. The Apostle Paul writes that Christians have been taught, quote, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, unquote. The use and abuse of pornography is part of the old manner of life that must be put off and fully stopped. Of course, that is easier said than done. Yet a good place to start is to examine when and how porn is being accessed. Is your teen only viewing it on his smartphone late at night? Then he needs to turn in his phone to his parents before going to bed. Is the habit more widespread, including many different choices of media? Then the teen should seek to discover ways to stop those activities as well. While this is standard behavior modification in some ways, real change cannot happen without a transformation of heart and the work of the Spirit. Teenagers will only persistently put off the old self and its deceitful desires if they have fully learned of Christ, Ephesians 4.21. This process of biblical change is never complete without the put-on component. Here again is how Paul puts it. Put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness, Ephesians 4.24. If your teenager is a believer, he or she has been born again and is able to walk in righteousness and holiness. So the focus for your teen is not just on never viewing pornography again, but to seek to put on holy and righteous activities in its place. Again, if your teen is viewing porn on his smartphone late at night, then what will he do instead when he stops that practice? What are some good late night habits that can be promoted? The challenge is that porn can appear to be much more appealing than any righteous and holy activity that may replace it. Satan is working overtime in the minds of our teens to convince them that godly habits are boring habits. Yet this is the very practical part of solving the problem of pornography. We need to help our teens discover positive activities, relationships, and disciplines that can replace a lifestyle of self-centered porn viewing. Well, let's wrap up this podcast with two more important truths. First, the reality connected between teenage porn use and spiritual maturity. 1 Corinthians 14.20 reads, Brethren, do not be children in your thinking, yet in evil be infants, but in your thinking be mature. Wouldn't it be great if all of our teenagers were infants when it came to evil? When our children are not protected from the evils of pornography, they are being introduced to wickedness that is way too mature for them. 
even the world recognizes this at some level as porn is described as adult content or for mature audiences only. Of course, the Christian adult has no business viewing pornography either. Yet our teens are certainly not mature in their thinking to be able to even process it correctly. Pornography will only keep them spiritually immature, more focused on feeding their sinful desires than growing in their passion for serving Jesus. Unfortunately, the viewing of pornography can deceive a teenager into thinking that he or she is now much more of an adult. In reality, it is an immature and foolish activity that only creates a childish view of our sexuality. While the world often depicts the teenage years as a time of utter foolishness, Christians challenge their teens to grow towards maturity in Christ. This does not mean that we don't expect and accept that teenagers will make a lot of foolish decisions. They need a lot of grace and mercy in their sinfulness, as well as rebuke and discipline. But by the work of the Spirit, our teens can grow in Christ and begin to develop a heart of wisdom. Our teens don't have to fear that they will be forever scarred or they cannot ever escape from the clutches of porn. Encouraging them to be faithful in the disciplines of grace, listening to the preaching of the Word, studying God's Word on their own, and developing a life of prayer will grow them up in the Lord Jesus. Spiritual maturity is possible in our teens, but it will take the prayers and ministry of parents and youth ministry workers and other adults as well. Sanctification is a lifelong process which is promised to all of God's children, even those stuck in the sin of pornography. And finally, we need to see pornography as a battle for the mind and heart. The epidemic of pornography in our culture is just one of the many ways Satan has targeted the minds and hearts of our teens. By twisting God's glorious creation of sex, our great enemy is deceiving generations of our youth like never before. So recognize that this is a spiritual battle for your teen soul, not just some sort of mental illness or sexual perversion to fix. Our teenagers must view this as spiritual warfare as well, so they will actively put on the armor of God. They need the helmet of salvation to protect their minds from the seduction of pornography. They need the breastplate of righteousness to shield their hearts from being captivated by the writings of the prostitute. As with all the problems experienced by our teens, they always present the opportunity for real heart change and the spiritual renewal of the mind. The problem of pornography may seem insurmountable for many of our teenagers, yet we must believe in the power of Christ to change even the stubbornness of heart problems. If you want to read more about helping teens to solve a problem like pornography biblically, remember my forthcoming book, Pursuing a Heart of Wisdom, Counseling Teenagers Biblically, available from Christian Focus. Thank you for listening to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney. This weekly podcast is supported by Biblical Counseling and Training Ministries, which you can learn more about at bctministries.com. If you have found yourself encouraged or challenged today, please share this podcast with your church, family, and friends. Rate us on iTunes and your social media outlets. It really helps. Until next time, may you enjoy the riches of God's compassionate grace and mercy 
in your life.